This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by Hover. Go to hover.com slash GOG to get 10% off your first purchase. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How was your Memorial Day weekend? I had a migraine. So, oh, okay. Good times. Yeah. I had a migraine and one of my roommate's friends died. So it was a really fun day here around the Casa. Oh, sorry to hear that. How was yours? Uh, busy. Um, we took our son for our, his first kind of overnight trip. He was very excited and it was, uh, exhausting. And then my sister was also in town with her kids. So it was all family all the time. I need a vacation for my vacation. That happens a lot, doesn't it? As you get older. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, you know, the things that used to be a lot of fun, meaning like, you know, all of a sudden you've got three days off. So you spend every night at the bar or you travel somewhere fun for yourself, uh, become just family strewn, horrific wastelands. No, I had a good time. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I spent most of the time either out in the yard or editing or, but <laughs> Here's here's one little story for you that I thought was really funny. Mm. We always talk about how your phones aren't listening to you and nobody yes. really and and the algorithms are getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Well, yes. I went and I took my my new Explorer into the car wash the right. other day and I washed it, I cleaned it and did did, did did the armor all on the tires so it's swanky looking and everything and I'm as I'm pulling up to the house and I'm getting out and I'm like maybe I should just buy one of those power washers and keep it at home so I don't have to keep going to the car wash. And I thought that. Yes. Why? Find another reason not to leave your house, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I just thought that it, in my head, I thought that. And okay. later on in the afternoon, I go to Amazon and right there, my recommended product of the day is the Sunjo SPX 3000 Max 2800 Max PSI 1.3 GPM high performance brushless induction pressure washer. Well, I look forward to all the stories about how, no, your phones aren't actually listening to you. Now they read your mind. Exactly. I'm like, okay, if the algorithms are that good that they know that I need a power washer because I they tracked me to the, the car wash. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, well, maybe you should just get one yourself. So you just can't escape. You can't Apparently escape. Apparently not. Mm-hmm. Well, I have, a, I have a little bit of a tech-related story that goes with my weekend. Um, we went to stay at the uh, JW Marriott Resort out in Palm Desert. Absolutely lovely. Fantastic for kids. Um, Lucas had a grand old time. Uh, except for all the meltdowns when he didn't get cake when he wanted it and couldn't go back to the pool when he wanted to or blah, 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 blah. but we had a good time anyways um but they are um they have become a smart hotel as it were so this is my first experience and i haven't you know done anything like this in, since my son was really born um so you know as we're getting ready to leave and drive out to palm desert uh, we get the email download the app okay okay uh, you'll be able to check in via the app. You'll be able to do all sorts of fun things via the app. So we download the app and and it it, it will function as a room key. If you leave your Bluetooth on and wave it around the door, it, it, it will open your door for you and everything. And you can you don't have to check in and it's so convenient and everything like that. Uh, so we're driving out, downloading the app. OK, all righty. Uh, fun feature. You can chat, I'm sure, with people in India. So we were able to request extra towels and all this sort of stuff, which were waiting in our room for us when we got there. Very nice. Did like that feature. Uh, my wife was able to ask for reservations at a restaurant and was able to check on pool opening and closing times all via the app. And they got back to you very quickly in the little chat window. That was awesome. Uh, we show up. You have to check in still for security reasons. 
Oh, so for even though they, reasons. Even though they tell you you'll be able to use your app to check in and breeze straight through to your room, you cannot do that. You have to go and check in as per normal. And they still give you regular keys as per normal, even though it then unlocks the app and you're supposed to be able to use the app to unlock your doors. Uh, was not <laughs> able to get it to work once. Um, never worked. <laughs> Uh, tried it on our room door, never worked. Use the normal key. Tried it on the pool entrance, didn't work. Use the normal key. Uh, was not, wasn't, we were only there one night, so I wasn't going to like go and find their IT department and get this sorted out and waste even more time. So just never worked. Not ready for prime time. Also, not very smart. Couldn't do anything else in the room, even though this was a brand new refurbished room that we had requested. You'd think you'd be able to control your lights and the temperature and all that sort of stuff. Nope. All it was able to do was give you a chat window and uh, not be able to check in and uh, never worked for any of the doors. So it sounds like the smarter app would just be a rubber band to tape your key to your phone. <laughs> I, I would love to have an old school normal key these days, too, because all you get is the little cards and those sometimes don't work either. Luckily, that worked every single time. I would have been quite pissed if like <laughs> if the app didn't work and the key didn't work. I would have not been having it given the price that we paid to stay on their beautiful resort. Yeah. See, your timing <laughs> was wrong. If you'd have waited just another month, you could have gone to the Taco Bell Hotel. Yes, yes, I, I suppose I could have. Maybe we'll do that again. So we, we wanted to dip our toe in the water of getting uh, our son used to traveling and because my wife and I really enjoy traveling and, and it went well. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But smart hotel, not so much. OK, well, I'll pass on that one then. I don't <laughs> what What's out there besides like old people, gay people and sand? Well, it was warm for one thing because uh, it's been rather cold here in Los Angeles. So we had some heat and was able to. It's all pools and resorts, man, and good restaurants and all that sort of stuff. It's look, you don't leave the house anyways. You're getting a power washer, so you don't even have to go wash your car. What do you care? <laughs> well, uh, see, I've got a hot tub, so I don't need to go to go to a pool. I've got a driveway, and uh, so why go spend you know twelve bucks in quarters to go wash my car with a bunch of people who why look like live, they want to steal live, it? Why live, Jason? Why live? <laughs> who needs human contact who needs experience <laughs> i've asked that question several times several times <laughs> okay so after after my little uh my little power washer episode i did see a an article come through and it's called all the ways google tracks you and how to stop it this is over at wire right and it's a list mm -hmm. of different things that you can try to you know make them not track you anymore i didn't really care about most of it because i've got most of it turned off but what i didn't have turned off are the ad preferences and the ad personalization mm -hmm. even though right. i thought that was off so i went and checked it out and saw what they had me profiled for and most of it was completely wrong I don't. I really am not a fan of the country music. I don't know why no. I'm not a fan of the sports ball. They had me pegged for American football and uh, what was there was something else like hockey or something. I have no idea why they had me pegged. I mean, I got rid of about 20 different things. Romantic comedies. Definitely not my jam. I don't know. I guess like researching things for the show, they actually peg me for actually liking some of this crap that we make fun of. I'm surprised Goop wasn't on there. So it was just it's a good little article. If you want to go, just take a peek. I've chosen not to clear these things out at this point, at least not the ad preferences, what stuff, because uh, I don't see many ads anyways, thanks to, you know, all the blockers and whatnot. But I figure if I'm going to see an ad, I might as well have it tailored to me. Why not? Yeah, I kept I actually kept the ad preferences on. I just got rid of the ones that weren't actually germane to me. Right. Yeah. So you can do that. You can go in and say, I don't want this. I don't want this. But you can leave the other ones. Gotcha. And that's fine. I'm like, yeah, if I do have to turn my ad blocker off, yeah, give me something. 
Right. I would like uh, all ads based on power washers and things that make me never leave the house. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe some Deliveroo. <laughs> oh, wait, a wrong country. Yes. Wrong country. And we've talked about Opera a lot. That's our go-to yes. browser of choice. Yes. And over at Ars Technica, they almost concur. They almost <laughs> concur. Uh, the guy who ran this article is a big fan of Vivaldi 2, which is pretty okay. close to the same thing. Yeah. It's, it still runs Chrome extensions and does a bunch of other stuff. But uh, the one thing that uh, I really got to play around with this weekend after reading this article was the Opera Touch browser for your phone. Have you tried this thing yet? It's different than Opera Mini. Yes. Here's the thing. Remember when I, I got my new iPad and I was trying to figure out a whole workflow that basically just mimicked everything, uh, desktop, phone, iPad, all exactly the same. I wanted to use yes. Opera. They got rid of Opera Me and they had launched uh, the Opera Touch, whatever it's called, as, as the browser. And it didn't have a sync feature. It had something called Flow. And I got too annoyed and I never went back and figured it out because I wanted to be able to, you know, browse seamlessly from Opera across all my devices. And it didn't. I think I was in between because they hadn't launched the desktop Opera that supported it yet. But they had gotten rid of the mini browser and replaced it with the new browser that had a Flow thing that didn't work on the desktop browser yet. So I just got really annoyed. And I haven't gone back to it yet. Okay, well, I'm looking at their page right now, and Opera Mini is there. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so you can hmm. go check it out. Because I was running that for a while. That Opera Mini does have the sync feature, so you mm-hmm. can sign into your Opera account. Opera Touch does not. Yeah, I, as for whatever reason, at the time they didn't have it available for download, so they were. I, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's just bad timing for on my. Yeah, maybe part. they were doing an update or something. Yeah, because yeah, uh, but the Opera. Touch browser is actually really nice if you just need to do something quick. It's really fast, and mm-hmm. you can just get around with one finger. Nice. Which is basically, you can use your thumb to get just about anywhere with it. It's really just smooth. And I did turn on Flow, which mm-hmm. is which is pretty easy to turn on. You basically go to Opera in your desktop browser. You open up Opera Touch, and you hit Sync, and then your desktop browser will just show you a QR code that you scan with the app, and then it just all does all the magic behind the scenes. So you can see open tabs and stuff. Very cool. I'll have to give that a go. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty nice. So the reason I like it is because if I can, you know, if I can send things from Opera Touch to the desktop to deal with later, since they don't have, mm-hmm. you know, different things on there, like uh, like my pinboard things. So I can like yeah. instantly pin something to pinboard and then get it later for the show notes. But it's I, I'm just playing around with it now. I just got it going this morning. So it looks like a nice little just quick browser if you need to do something fast because it was snappy as hell i gotta give it that excellent all right i will give it a go because i've been looking to uh, get that going yeah i'm gonna try opera mini again too there was some reason that it didn't work right for one thing or another but Mm -hmm. i'll give it a go again too and maybe we can talk about it next week after we've had some time to dig in but i was just glad to see ars technica really uh jumping on the the bandwagon with opera they're like it's almost a perfect browser so there's just some things that Vivaldi does, like you can group a bunch of pages into a single tab, which seems kind of mm-hmm. cool. I don't know what I would use it for, but <laughs> I it was seems thinking neat. the same thing. I'm like, oh, it seems neat. I don't think I'd ever use that feature, though. Yeah, I mean, tabs are tabs. <laughs> Why do I need multiple windows <laughs> under a single tab? I guess if you're using the same websites over and over again that, you know, like I could just have a tab that's all of the grumpy old geeks links that we use that I could just go to pretty easy. Right. That might be cool, but. You know, I just use the bookmarks bar for that. Anyway, we're going down the rabbit hole on the browser. Still, I love Opera. <laughs> exactly. We're starting to sound like a regular tech podcast. We don't do that. 
the news? Elon Musk is back in the news. Usually mm -hmm. this is a groaner. It's like, oh, what did he tweet now? <laughs> but uh, the new news is they launched 60 Starlink satellites, which eventually they want to have up to 12,000 of them. Oh, Jesus. Circling the globe to give everybody internet. Okay. Um, I guess it's better than Google's balloons. <laughs> I don't know about that because, <laughs> well, there's a couple of things bugged me about this, this plan. First, these, these satellites are 500 pounds each, so they're not small. No. I mean, that's a pretty hefty, hefty payload up there. And I've always been worried about space junk. I'm, yeah, I'm worried about that because it's like if we just keep throwing crap up there with no plans on how to get it out, then, yeah. you know, you have the the whole thing about uh, Kessler syndrome where you have just a chain reaction. And what was that? Seven Eves that talked yes. about a lot of that with the moon and everything. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And you just have too much space debris and you can't go anywhere. You, you're basically just jailed yourself on your own planet yeah because nothing can take off because it's just going to get killed by all the all the space crap up there and i know we've talked a lot in the past about projects that are working on trying to go clean up some of the space debris but it's not an easy problem because shit's going fast really fast <laughs> a lot of kinetic energy mm -hmm. yeah so, uh, but, you know i've uh, always been concerned about the privatization of space as well so as much as i i love elon musk and i i love his concepts and everything like that uh, I mean, we, the problem is we've just entered a world where everything is private corporations. Now it's not governments, right? Like NASA isn't doing crap. So uh, everybody's just throwing all their crap up there and, and not, you know, there's a lot of unintended consequences as we always talk about, uh, with this sort of thing. So I'm, I'm on the one hand, I, I applaud what's happening and like, it's amazing. And look at you go on the other hand, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about all the stuff being tossed up there. Well, we do have the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs. Yes, I'm sure they're staying right on this. Yeah. said so right now there are 5,162 objects orbiting Earth, which of which roughly 2,000 are operational. So that's over <laughs> 3,000 bits of big space junk up there. Yeah. And Elon wants to shove up 12,000 more. Yeah. That's a lot. And there are other companies out there doing the same thing. Remember the people who are trying to put your logos in space? Mm -hmm. Things like that. But the real problem here is it's going to screw up our radio telescope systems. Ah. Because there's going to be so much RF that's being blown out from all of these satellites that are basically beaming wi-fi back to earth mm -hmm. that it's going to screw up our telescope arrays and some people are saying well here's what we got to do since this is not going away it seems let's go build a radio telescope on the on the dark side of the moon i'm like that seems like a lot of work <laughs> to get around that but yeah, it would be kind of cool it would be i think there are nazis living on the the far side of the moon so Isn't you gotta that a be book? careful no it was a movie a terrible movie they had yeah, uh, gotcha. Nazis from outer space or some some crap like that. It was like maybe six or seven years old, but the the Nazis had a uh, a base on the dark side of the moon, as one does, as one does, yes, because that's <laughs> that's where you go. So anyway, yeah, we'll see how this one plays out. It'll be interesting to see. But there's a video of uh, all of the satellites going in the link in the show notes, so it's kind of fun to watch. A little little satellite space train. And today is going to be interesting because Facebook is supposed to be going to Canada, Canadianadia. They have requested that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg go to Canada to testify in front of the Canadian Parliament. Mm -hmm. They said no. Yeah, I'm sure they went, huh, Canada. Yeah, okay. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, this is uh, lawmakers from 10 countries, including the UK, Australia, and uh, eight more. 
And they're saying that uh, we collectively represent about 450 million people. So it's a bigger population group than the entire United States. So get your ass up here. Right. So they may be held in contempt, which means they won't be able to go back and get their maple cookies. Well, that sucks to be them. They should pay more attention to Canada because uh, from what I recall, uh, everybody in Canada was on Facebook while I was still on MySpace. So uh, they were early adopters of the of the book of the face. So they might want to pay a little attention. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And plus all the other nine countries that are going to be there asking yes. questions. So. <laughs> and uh, Amazon news. Let's just hit the big ones right mm-hmm. out of the gate here. Okay. Amazon is poised to unleash a long feared purge of small suppliers. Now, huh. this Who is saw the, that coming. Uh, we did, I think. <laughs> so here's the here's the issue. They're trying to consolidate to these big wholesalers yeah. to basically streamline their operations. Now, this, th- there's another facet to this, which I don't think was covered in this article over at Bloomberg. I, I, if it was, I missed it. But the, the problem that they were having before with counterfeit goods yeah. was a big thing. And that's when that, that first purge happened. They were just like killing small vendors because they have a very bad counterfeiting problem going on at yeah, amazon and people just basically mm-hmm. stealing things and especially with books like repurposing books doing print on demand books through amazon's own service by the way their own print on demand <laughs> service which is really crappy but i know that uh, you can't buy any road gear from amazon they will not they will yeah. not uh, give you a warranty on it if you buy a road from there and i'm wondering if maybe the crappy road mics that we got were counterfeit <laughs> as well but this is going to screw up a lot of small business owners who kind of depend on on supplying Amazon with product. And they're, they're yes. just going to get pushed out. They haven't they haven't been renewed for their contracts. And it's not a good thing. So I really feel bad for all of these vendors. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, as we always say, you shouldn't uh, build your house in somebody else's garden. But on the other hand, uh, everybody goes to Amazon for everything. You need to be there. Yeah, I mean, that's going to sell shit. So that's really it. So I'm wondering if if this consolidation is really going to change around how much stuff you can get on Amazon. If well, I mean, Amazon, I'm sure, is going to roll out their own basics line of everything. And and when you go to Amazon and when once you had choices and options for things, now you will have Amazon's version and you will buy that because of the convenience and everybody else will get screwed. Well, it won't be so much Amazon's version, but the big, you know, top companies, the big boys, like. Like Procter and Gamble and stuff like that. So they're trying to, they're saying that it's to help compete with Walmart, Target, and Best Buy. But I'm like, really? That's your excuse? Because it seems to me that you are already a lot bigger than them right now. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I think this is just another way for them to just consolidate, make more money, and cut out the little guy. Exactly. Kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. Yes, it does. Support your mom and pop businesses. Exactly. I leave the the house, Jason. Hey, no, there are no mom and pop businesses left to go to. That's true. There's That's nobody the left. Part. That's why I, I don't care about leaving the house. It's nice. They, they bring me things. So <laughs> speaking of houses, Zynga had a nice big house up in San Francisco, and they are selling it for $600 million. Wow. Because yeah, Zynga, you know, now they're <laughs> making Sewerville, too. I don't know. But yes. <laughs> they're still in business, though. They've got a small contingent of employees up in San Francisco. And right. they're they're just going to move to a smaller bit of that building. I think they're going to like lease out a, a little chunk of it. But it's funny because 
Uh, they bought this building in 2012 for $234 million. So they're going to make a decent profit on it. Yeah. And I thought it was funny. Uh, old, old friend of mine, Mark Pincus, who used to be the CEO of Zynga, actually bought that building. Remember when that happened? So it, I guess the real, I mean, we know that the real people who are making all the money in San Francisco right now are the damn robber baron real yeah, estate owners. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's where the all the money consolidation. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And over at the New York Times, we have another interesting article on Google and their shadow mm-hmm. workforce. This is interesting. Google is working with about 121,000 temps and contractors around the world. Right. They've only got 102,000 full-time employees. Only. Only 102,000. <laughs> but actually, you know, when you think about it, I, I would have guessed that they would have had more, but now we know why, right? They, they're basically just uh, getting away with uh, hiring contractors. Yep, getting like hiring contractors, paying them less, not giving them benefits. And mm-hmm. part of that big walkout a couple months ago was around these people not getting paid what they're worth. Yep. And, you know, it, and it's funny because they use uh, a contracting company called On Contracting. And even they're saying this is creating a caste system inside the companies because you have people working alongside each other. You have contractors and full time employees doing the same jobs. But one mm-hmm. gets paid like twice as much, has vacation time and stock options, while the other one sits there and is just like, I yeah. get 10 bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, everybody that I've talked to that has worked at Google says it's absolutely phenomenal if you're a full-time employee. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, you get all these perks. It's it's just you're paid well, blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, uh, somebody else is doing the exact same job and getting screwed. Yeah, that's kind of it. I figured out most of these would be over in the Philippines looking at really nasty YouTube videos, but <laughs> no, we know YouTube doesn't give a shit. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> kind of like Facebook. Yep. Oh, man. And the U.S. Senate has finally passed a anti robocalling bill. Yes. Yes, they did. I actually had this in our show notes uh, about a week and a half ago when it was just the House, but now the Senate, and I figured I'd pull it and wait and see what the Senate does. So well done. I'm sure it'll do nothing, but uh, because almost all of this is done overseas, so good luck because there's no, you know, internet cops. Uh, But at least they're trying, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the thing about this one is that, well, this one actually still has to go through the House. So I think this is a different bill. Oh, okay. Must be a different one. Yeah. And this one uh, will can enact fines up to $10,000 per call for illegal robocalls. And right. it gives the FCC a lot more power to go after these people. Good. So, yeah, it's a hopefully this this one will go through. It passed by a, a vote of 97 to one. And I want to know who that one asshole is. Me, too. I really want to know who that one guy is. Uh, you know, good. We need something because as we've been talking about on the show, I mean, my phone is virtually useless. Uh, I don't ever answer the phone anymore because it's always a robocall. Um, people have to text me to tell me that they're going to call. Or I have to know who they are. You know, they have to be in my phone book. But uh, I get, you know, it it varies. Like this last week, I didn't get very many calls at all. But the week before that, I probably got like 10 calls a day that were just complete robocalls. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's getting to the point where I almost just want to get a landline again. (laughs) Well, it's that's still not going to help you. I probably won't help much. It's interesting. I got an app that Jordan Harbinger sent me about uh, a couple of weeks ago about AT&T and how you can sign up for this. It's kind of like a spam notification service. Right. I, I got the app, couldn't make it work. I kept mm. like su- trying to sign up, trying to sign up, and finally said, fuck it, and deleted the app. <laughs> well, I guess apparently it did kind of work because, or they changed something over at AT&T, because now all of those robocalls that come in every day, it says mm-hmm. across the top on my caller ID, AT&T colon possible fraud alert 
or possible fraud call. And then, it, ah. or it'll say AT&T colon telemarketing call. Right. So it's just easy to just dump those calls and um, send them off to never, never land with block caller for good. So it's, that's kind of nice. I, I'm wondering if AT&T did that at their level or if that app finally kicked in and started working, but I don't have it on the phone anymore. So I don't know if they just were having problems or whatnot, but it works now. I'm, I'm getting notifications for all the crap calls that come through, which is great. Fantastic. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at Hover. You need your own domain name. If not for your business, then for your family. You're just way cooler if you can drop an email address with a custom domain name. Hover.com slash GOG is the single best place to buy your domain name. If you've ever had to buy a domain from any other registrar, you know how difficult it can be. Terrible interfaces and a constant barrage of upsells make it almost impossible to even just find a domain. Hover has an incredibly clean and intuitive user interface without all the insane upsells and a best-in-class customer support team. They have free Whois privacy on supported domains that you usually have to pay for at other sites just to keep your private details private. Not with Hover. I've moved all my stuff over recently. It was a breeze. So don't worry about transferring. It's totally easy. They take care of almost all the stuff for you. Fantastic interface. Everything is quick, clean, super easy. Every month they have great sales on awesome top-level domains. Right now you can get .club, .design, .online, .site, .space, .store, and .website for just $4.99 and .photo and .tech for $7.99. These prices do change often, so make sure you check their on-sale page when shopping for your domain. Hover has over 400 domain name extensions to choose from, including all the classics and fun niche extensions. The days of having to spend a fortune on .com domains is totally over. My main domains are all new extensions because it's just the new normal. It also lets you get something more aligned with who you are as a company, individual, or family. Get started today. Go to hover.com slash GOG and get 10% off your first purchase. That's hover.com slash GOG to get your awesome domain name today and get 10% off your first purchase. Media Candy. In a couple days, Brian... The end mm-hmm. of an era will be here. I, I, I know that you are such a huge fan of the show. I've never watched it, but I'm, I'm happy that you're going to get closure. Deadwood is coming on Friday. That's right. The two hour Deadwood movie. I am so looking forward to this. <laughs> and I, I'm, we're putting it in here now because we're doing media candy. So I it, and it's a nice reminder to everybody who is a Deadwood fan to get your TV warmed up. Get that uh, HBO Now app ready to go because... <laughs> It's coming. It's coming. I was going to try and get through all of the shows again before it started. Ain't no way. Right. I, I have about 45 minutes a night to watch TV, so it would take about uh, a year to get through them again. <laughs> so I'm going to have to pass on that. You can always read the synopsis on uh, Wikipedia. Nah, I mean, I know them back and forth. I've seen the entire right. series probably 15 to 20 times because I used to just put it on loop in the background and let it play through. So I know I know my Deadwood back to front. But mm-hmm. there's a great article at Vulture for with Ian McShane saying goodbye to Deadwood. And if you're a fan of Ian McShane, which everybody should be because he's fucking phenomenal, go read the article. It's uh, it's 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 a good one. There's no spoilers in there. And it's just a fun, fun read to hear like what Deadwood meant to him. So worth checking out if you're a Deadwood fan. Right. Game of Thrones, the last watch. I'm guessing you haven't had time to watch this because you were out farting around in the desert. Well, not only have I not had time to watch this, um, I like to eat the sausage. I'm a little less interested in watching how it's made. 
Okay. I've never been a fan of the behind the scenes things. I've never been a fan of the extras on DVDs back in the day. Kids Google what a DVD was. Um, It's not really my thing. I I like to watch the show. I don't like to delve too far into the the behind the scenes stuff. So I don't think I'm going to watch this, Uh, but you can. So feel free to spoiler it for me. Well, I mean, there's no spoilers. It's a behind the scenes of (laughs) the last season. It's a fun watch, but I I just like seeing I like seeing how the sausage is made because you like you see something that's so complicated in the final form. And it's like, how the hell did they make this thing? Right. And here's here's the thing. It's a lot of work. It's an incredible (laughs) amount of work. Yeah. Yeah. It is a mind boggling production. And the, the hard work that went into that is just crazy. Yeah. And I think my favorite scene was the first time they did the table read for the last season. And it was very emotional, actually, watching mm-hmm. some of these characters figure out, you know, that, that hadn't read the script yet. Know what their arcs are. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it, the the final scene with John and Danny, like the actor that plays Jon Snow didn't know what was happening. He was crying. It's like, <laughs> wow. There was there was some really touching moments in there, and there were also a lot of really boring moments in there. So I did check yeah. a lot of email while it was going on, and they follow the arc of one extra through a lot of it, who's been there like for you know the, almost the whole time, and now he's a bus right. driver on the Game of Thrones tours or like a, the tour guide on the Game of Thrones tours. Right. Hey man, it's a good gig if you can get it. So That's I enjoyed right. I enjoyed it partially. The re- there's a lot of it that was boring, and I ended up just started to <clears> skip through because I needed to go to bed but because it's not short it's a full two hours almost but if you're a game of thrones fan and you like to see how the sausage is made i i would recommend it i mean you can you can skip through a good chunk of it but it's, it was fun for me at least to see the tech on how they did it it was fun and speaking right. of fun a new movie out called rim of the world on netflix have you heard about this yet i have not in going through my rss reader this kept coming up over and over and over again. I'm like, I didn't read it because I didn't want any spoilers. So I'm like, okay, let's throw it in there mm-hmm. and let's go check it out. And it's basically the story of four kids who go to summer camp and then have to fight off an alien invasion. It's, it's an adventure romp. It's, it's one of those, you know. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking it's, it's Goonies meets Red Dawn. It almost is, except you got to throw an Independence Day. <laughs> It's Goonies, Red Dawn, and Independence Day. Absolutely fantastic movie. Really? I had a smile on my face the whole time. Okay. Some of the effects are a little cheese. They they didn't spend a whole lot on the the effects, but they did, you know, Mm -hmm. they tried. Um, Really good bad guys, evil aliens, and it's funny as hell. So it's really, it's, it's, uh, you know what? Goonies, Stranger Things, plus Independence Day. That's okay. what it is. Okay. That's kind of what it is. Well, that sounds up my alley. I'll definitely have to check this out then if it's if you oh, say it's dude, good. <laughs> you're going to love it. You're absolutely right. going to love it. it. It was so much fun. And, you know, it's, it's like Stand By Me with Aliens. I don't know. It's, it's just it's a great <laughs> movie. Just I'm, I'm smiling thinking about it. So it was only an hour and a half, too. So you're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. And it, Nice, compact story. Won't be any... Uh, sequels, I believe. So all good. Excellent. Uh, I've started working my way through Fleabag season two. Loving it. it is incredibly well written and very, very funny. So uh, highly recommend it. As good as the first season, if not better so far. We shall see. I've got it on my list because she wrote Killing Eve, which just ended season two this week, mm-hmm. which I thoroughly enjoyed. 
Yeah. Killing Eve is fantastic. So I'm looking forward to this. It seems very British. Fleabag oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. It very so much British, is. I shit crumpets. Okay. <laughs> now, you mentioned warming up your cathode ray TVs uh, for the Deadwood movie, but uh, I would also recommend keeping them warm because, because and we'll just say this now, because the show will be out about a day or two before uh, it drops. But Good Omens, May 31st on Amazon. I cannot That's right. wait. I, I actually cannot wait. I bought the Good Omens guide for the TV version that has all the pictures and stuff and behind the scenes. I know you're not into that kind of thing, <laughs> but I got it. I'm not looking at it yet because I, you know, I'm going to wait till it's done. It's called the nice and accurate good omens TV companion, your guide to Armageddon in the series based on the best-selling novel by Terry Pratchett, and Neil Gaiman, $25 and 47 cents on Amazon. Right. So Excellent. the interesting thing is the cover is on upside down and backwards. <laughs> I open the All cover right. and like you're at the end of the book. I'm sure that there's a reason for that, but <laughs> it was very, very strange, but I can't wait to to go through this. It's a really nice, hardcover, beautiful pictures. I've, I leafed through it, but I mean, I know the story backwards and forwards, obviously it's read the book 300 times, but I also <laughs> am looking forward to that too. So next week uh, we should have some write-ups on Deadwood and Good Omens. Hopefully they'll be good. Hopefully, yes. Uh, we've talked a lot about The Cure recently because they're having a bit of a busy year. Uh, they've just started their four-day, I think it's four-day run in Australia and Sydney where they're playing all of Disintegration and various B-sides and whatnot. Uh, and I just thought this was great because it's not often that some of my favorite artists collide with each other. And uh, one of my other favorite bands is The Church, an Australian band, and uh, the lead singer Steve Kilby, always a fantastic lyricist and an amazing writer. Um, i believe i reviewed his uh his autobiography on the show a couple of years back which is just a phenomenal read he's just a great writer so it's really rare when when my artists combine and he wrote this lovely article about the gear for an australian newspaper to go along with their their residency that they're doing right now and uh, it was just it's great to have one artist that i love talking about another artist that i love great read all right cool i will have to mm -hmm. go check that out and i've been checking out a couple new podcasts and I generally don't talk about the ones I don't like because there are way more of those than the <laughs> ones I do like. Because I, I check out probably 10 to 15 new shows every week as part mm -hmm. of my job. But these two I came across and found to be pretty damn good. Eli Roth's History of Horror, Uncut. Now, he's got a TV show where he interviews a bunch of horror experts. Mm -hmm. And these are like the uncut interviews that they did for those shows. In right. the so in audio version. If you want to hear all the stuff that they felt needed to be cut. Well, I mean, <laughs> they just they go in deep on a bunch of stuff. And uh, the Stephen King one, you'll probably like quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, the Edgar Wright one wasn't actually he wasn't interviewed by Eli. He was interviewed by one of the producers who has a obviously deep knowledge of horror movies. And the other one I listened to was Quentin Tarantino. And they were fantastic. I'm not a huge, huge horror fan. By any stretch, but they were really fun to listen to. And I really like the Stephen King one, even though I don't really like Stephen King. I love so, Stephen King, so I should probably listen to that one. Yeah, get, definitely give it a uh, give it a check out. The other one that I found is the distributed podcast. This is from Matt Mullenweg, of all mm, people. OK, because he started automatic years and years ago. The creators of WordPress, our favorite piece of software in the world. <laughs> but the thing that he did with with automatic is it's a distributed workforce. Mm -hmm. Everybody's somewhere else. They used to have an office in San Francisco. I don't think they have that anymore. I think they got rid of that. But the podcast is really good. It's got the guy from Upwork on for the first episode. Right. And it's a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And Matt's really good on the mic. He's, you know, 
very calm and collected. That's kind of his jam, but uh, definitely check it out. It's a, it's a pretty good show. I got to say, I'm way, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. I picked up Radicalized by Cory Doctorow. All righty. It's an audio. I got the audio book and he doesn't go through Audible. So I had to go buy it from his Mm -hmm. website, craphound.com. And it was not cheap. It was like $27. So (laughs) full price. And I listened to it pretty much binged it in a day. Right. And it's a bunch of short stories. And I got to say, this is the best stuff Corey has written since Little Brother. I thoroughly loved all of the stories. I thought right. they were great and nice, compact, good endings on everything. I just, I, I, I can't say enough how much I loved the unauthorized bread story. Like it's the first one out of the gate and it's so much fun. There's tons of, I think there's like five stories in here, four or five stories, but mm-hmm. I loved them all. I, I have nothing bad to say about this. Because normally with Corey's books, he does near future sci-fi and they're books that generally talk more about the tech and not so much about the people. And I think he's grown enough as an author now where I cared about the people. The last couple of books, I just didn't give a shit about the people. And yeah. here it's mostly the the tech serves the story and it's just part of it. But the, the stories of the people were so well done and I got so into it that I got to say, man, check it out if you haven't yet, because uh, Corey's back. Love it. I had a, I had intended to listen to it on my drive out and back from uh, Palm Springs, um, but unfortunately, my son decided not to nap. Um, became a huge fan of the Beatles all of a sudden, and I listened to Yellow Submarine and Here Comes the Sun on repeat uh, for two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good. For so you. at some point, I will listen to this. Uh, it's hard for me to maybe on my bike rides, but uh, I was going to say, glad. do it on your yeah. bike rides. Yeah, yeah, I will. And uh, now that Game of Thrones has finished, as as we all know, as we've talked about many times on the show, I always, always, always prefer the books to movies and or TV shows. But I told myself I wasn't going to read the books until the show finished. It is done. So off to Amazon, I went to download George R.R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones five book box set, Song of Ice and Fire series, A Game of Thrones, A Clash of Kings, A Storm of Swords, A Feast of Crows and A Dance with Dragons. And I've started the first book now. I'm starting to wonder if I should perhaps stop and make sure that he doesn't die and actually finishes the series before I start <laughs> to read it. Uh, but I am going ahead and, and reading the first book. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I, I tried to read it once well before the series even started, and I didn't get into it. But obviously, now that I've been immersed in this world for 10 years, I'm into it and uh, enjoying the book so far. OK, good. Well, I think you'll have a leg up with the with reading the book since you have seen the show, because there's so many damn characters. You need one of those walls <laughs> with the string to put everybody together, yeah, like carry walls. <laughs> yeah, something like that. There's just so many damn people. Well, yeah. Good luck with that. So we won't be getting any more book reviews from Brian for the next four years. <laughs> no, I'm going to try to break it up uh, as much as possible. So read read one of these, read some, read two or three other things, read another one of these. Uh, that way I won't. I don't want to outpace myself. I'd like to finish A Dance with Dragons when he actually releases another one. Yeah, good luck with that. I know. Good luck with that. Moron <laughs> of the week. You can't make this shit up department has our latest story. <laughs> Arc encounter sues insurers for not covering one million dollars worth of wait for it wait for it brain damage, not hmm, brain you'd damage. Think they would have seen that coming. Yeah, you'd think you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy who runs the Arc encounter, Ken Ham, mm-hmm. has uh, is 
he's in a pickle because it rained a lot and his little ark couldn't handle the rain. And so I guess he's can blame it on the rain in true Millie Vanilli fashion. <laughs> oh God. You just can't make it up. It's great. That's, that's amazing. Now I have a local moron. Um, this is kind of a Silicon Valley in a nutshell, as it were. It's, it, these companies just don't give a shit. And, and the Silicon Valley mentality has definitely flowed over here to Silicon Beach. Uh, there is a new company called Cha Cha Matcha. Yeah, they opened up on Abikini here, which is the epicenter of Silicon Beach. And uh, they decided to do a little guerrilla advertising, as it were. They went around and painted all the traffic cabinets and uh, news boxes in the area with ads for themselves. I looked that, at these pictures. That's illegal, that's... you fucking bastards. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just go paint our, our logo on city hall while we're at it. Yeah. You, you can't do this stuff, but people just do whatever they want now, right? They just do whatever they want. So, uh, yeah. So they were, we've been informed of the incident through Yo Venice, which is a local paper here by a resident, Michael Payne, who said they seem to think they own the neighborhood. Recently, their ads were painted on the news racks in front of their store and on the traffic signal control. I'm not an attorney, but I believe this might constitute injury to public property. It could even be felony vandalism. They've also affixed a number of fabric bags to the side of the building and planted foliage in them, which is encroaching on the right of way. And I've seen that it started with the birds, but now businesses are doing it. They're just like taking over sidewalks with ads for themselves. There was a stupid company called Bear Burger here that's closed. Thank God. They used to just hire somebody to run around with chalk and write ads all over the sidewalks in the neighborhood. You can't do that, people. Well, with chalk, I believe you can because it can wash off easily. Mm, I think that there's a case to be made for chalk, but these people painted public property. That's (laughs) I I, it's mind boggling. I want to. I wish I was in the room when the, when they had that meeting. I want to hear what their thought process was. You and I used to always be in the room when there were meetings like this, and we would raise our hands and go, you can't do that. Yeah. And then we would not get raises and get fired. Then we get fired. Yeah. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> yes, we were definitely. Exactly. <laughs> we were no men. We were not yes men. So. Yes. We were I, the no men. We were the one going that. That's not legal. <laughs> yeah. It, the world needs more no men. So. It it's, really does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, we're just going to move fast and paint things. Yeah. Well, I can also tell you something else that the world needs more koala bears. This is sad news. And the morons are once again us. According to the Australian Koala Foundation, there are little as 800 or 80,000 koalas remaining in the wild, which means that they are unlikely to be able to produce the next generation. They are what is called functionally extinct, which means that a population of animals is so small that it no longer affects its environment, has no pairs left that can breed or can still breed, but it has no chance of avoiding genetic disease because there are so few of them. Uh, the study of koalas back in 2016 found that there were between 144,000 and 600,000 koalas left in the wild. Now we're down to 80,000. That's it. That's a big drop in a short space of time, given that there were several million less than 100 years ago. What are the re- reasons for this? Uh, heat waves that are occurring as a result of climate change are not helping. Their habitat is being destroyed. That isn't helping either. Thousands of them died of dehydration last year after one such heat wave, according to research. So no more cute little koalas. That sucks. Yes, I like does. koalas. Me too. Like koalas. They're always stoned. Yeah, that's right. Best, best animal ever. Feedback loop. We've got a bunch of new Patreon subscribers. Woohoo! Arthur, Brian, Gabriel, Sir Deep in the Cheeks, <laughs> Ali, Izgov. Izgov? Yes, it is Kov. Kale and Kale writes in So the funny thing is, I found out about y'all from my son, age 24. 
I am a grumpy old geek myself, 48. Ah, I am 48 too. One of the many things I appreciate about your podcast is the material I can use with my cyber ethics university students. I am happy as hell to support quality. Well, how about them apples? Brian? How about that? That's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. I almost feel like Adam Carolla because he always goes on about, I love meeting the fathers that, that, that pass us on to the sons. It's amazing. Well, I agree. Yes, me too. Me too. Next generation. Yes. And Igor writes us, can you briefly describe in one of your future episodes your audio gear, soft and workflow, which you use for podcast recording or put the link to one of your past episodes if you did it already? Microphone, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Jason, take it away. All right, we're going to make this quick. Brian and I both use ElectroVoice microphones. Brian uses an RE27ND dynamic cardioid multipurpose microphone. I use an ElectroVoice RE20 cardioid microphone. We both have PreSona Studio 192 26 by 32 USB 3.0 audio interface and Studio Command Centers as our main audio interfaces. We both use Loopback and Audio Hijack Pro to route and record audio. Well, Brian records through Audio Hijack Pro. I record through Sound Studio 4. To clean the audio, I use Isotope RX-7 Advanced to get rid of the little bits and bobs and stuff. And I edit in Apple Logic Pro 10. Then we pass it off to Libsyn for our actual hosting and RSS feed delivery. And when we do the show notes, we use Quip from the good friends at Salesforce.com. But it is a fantastic uh, multi-user it's, editing suite. It's like the fifth one we've gone through, but this is the one we're using for now, yes. Yeah, for now we've done about 100 episodes, it feels like, on this one. And mm-hmm. we publish on WordPress. We use self-hosted, so WordPress.org. And our new host is going to be at NodeHost up in, up in uh, from Canada. Yes. Canada. Canada. I'm keeping that one. And if we're just going to go through everything, we might as well mention Buffer App, which we use to uh, post and schedule our socials. There we have it. That is there the entire go. run through. And uh, that's all the gear we use and our workflow. So, mm-hmm. And over at PayPal, Mark sent us a donation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Over at Twitter, Third and Command writes in, a laptop infected with the world's most dangerous malware sells for one million pounds and says it's time for, to move into art, guys. <laughs> very funny. I can't believe somebody would buy this, but OK, there you go. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Get more, more money than cents. Yes. In Mod 6502 writes in, you guys might like this. It's called The Caledonian Gambit by Dan Morin. So we have to add that to the list of more shit that we have to read. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we got some more of those coming, too, in a little bit. Yep. And Brian writes in while listening to GOG Podcast on my road trip. I heard them talk about biomarkers, and this was actually after my first wash and sent a photo of a uh, car windscreen covered in bugs which has never happened to us anymore so I'm yeah glad there's some biodiversity somewhere yeah i can't recreate that so yeah, me either <laughs> over at gog.show grumpy old baseball mom writes in hi guys episode 345 you mentioned that fridays you go through junk emails and unsubscribe from them i'm sure you know but wanted to friendly remind you guys that it may be best to block sender and or move email to spam folder instead by clicking the unsubscribe link at the bottom of the email may stop further emails, but it also confirms that the email address is active and helps them sell the email to fellow spammers for a little bit higher than they otherwise would. That's why you unsubscribe from one. You will get a few new senders in the near future. Love y'all. Now, most of the stuff I'm unsubscribing from are people that I actually subscribe to in some way, shape or form. Or reasonably I, legitimate businesses. Yeah, we don't uh, I don't do that for stuff that's obviously spam. Yeah, I don't even get spam anymore. And that that is a tactic that they used to use because once you actually once you open it, they already know that it exists. So that's yeah. the problem. They have tracking pixels and everything. So it's already loaded. 
in the old days, the unsubscribe would do that. But I think nowadays they already know that it's a valid email address. So you're kind of screwed on that one. But uh, screwed either yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much <laughs> fucked if you do. Fucked if you don't. Yes. And Brian writes in, Brian, by sheer coincidence, as I was listening to show 347, I was browsing on tpublic.com and spotted this little gem of a sticker. I think you'll appreciate it. It'll look great on the back of your electric scooter helmet. Enjoy. And this is a sticker that says the silent killer, and it's a Prius. With blood all over the front. With blood all over the front. Ooh, and fangs. It's got fangs, too. <laughs> now with fangs. Dave writes in, I'm looking at setting up a new site and blog about my adventures in tech support, IT and electronics repair. Before I set up the domain, I wanted to make sure it wasn't too close to yours and see if you'd be okay with me nabbing it. Saltyoldgeek.com. By all means, go for it. And do it before this episode comes out. Otherwise, somebody else will grab it. Yes, and go to hover.com slash GOG to buy that domain and get 10% off your first purchase. Cameron writes in, hey guys, you really need to check out the Chartbreakers episode of Darknet Diaries. He discusses a process that was sold on Fiverr for a while that essentially hacked the iTunes podcast charts. Another good one that talks about what Jason said about the police called Alberto, where a guy who let the police in a medical company know about a hack he had found. The company was later hacked and he was arrested because of the stuff they found in his house. Also, sorry I write in so much. I just like sharing things that are useful to other folks uh, right away. Well, I think I've heard the Darknet Diaries one, but I know all of the ways to hack the iTunes charts anyway. So yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really not very hard. But yeah, poor Alberto. Yep. Never talk to the police. That's how it goes. Peter writes in, Jason, apparently it's been public knowledge that Eric Schmidt uses an iPhone for some time, but don't feel bad. I'd missed or forgotten this one, too. Yep. We have a link to The Guardian with Eric Schmidt and his iPhone. Yep. Had no idea. And he says, Deliveroo! Austin writes in, you promised this with facial recognition, and now it has happened with the license plate scanner company, Hacked. There's a link to the register, maker of U.S. border license plate scanning tech, ransacked by hacker, blueprints and files dumped online. Yeah, all their source code, tons of stuff, <laughs> gigabytes and gigabytes of stuff. Even the guy's playlist was was stolen. <laughs> Man, that guy got owned. He did. Neil writes in, hi, Grumps, you mentioned the new Rammstein album in show 346. I've never been a huge fan, but have you seen the official video of the song Deutschland from the album? It is certainly NSFW, and it's a thought-provoking journey through the history and future of Germany, warts and all. Seriously. I've been led to believe that the woman in the film represents the goddess Germania. And here, send us a link to the video. I haven't seen the video yet. It's been on my to-dos. It's, it's actually open in one of my tabs, but I just haven't gotten there yet. Um, <laughs> and he says, do yourself a favor, turn the volume up and make it full screen. Excellent. And I guess we have another one here from Cameron. Thought you all would find this funny. New San Francisco real estate listing. And it's a very funny image of a tent with a says charming one bedroom, no bath close to 101 freeway and downtown dining. Eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's pretty very clever. And he asks also, is the ten dollar Patreon subscription level benefit a one time thing or is it like once per month? I actually don't even remember what our subscription levels are. We keep meaning to redo that. Uh, Someday we'll want. do that. Yeah. If you got something to pimp, throw it our way. You're, you're paying us pimp things away. And he said, also thought you would like this as well. And this is a link to uh, for fans of HBO's Silicon Valley. And it's a list of tech books uh, of these. I have read The Circle, which I hated. Terrible book. hated. And uh, Microsurfs by Douglas Copeland, which I really enjoyed. I wonder if that's aged well, because it was quite a long time ago for that one. It hasn't. I tried uh, it again. It is not aged well at all. Okay. Unfortunately, whatever happened to, to that guy? Yeah, I, I he put out a book relatively recently that I did not care for at all. He, he used to be one of my favorite authors, and now I just don't like him anymore. Yeah, that happens. That happens. Yeah, it happens. 
Old Man Zeus writes in, guys, just wanted to let you know, I checked my Gmail for receipts and found that like yours, it was games. Same with the wife. Could this be connected to Google's new streaming service? Are they harvesting data to market it? As I live in the EU, that might be a problem for them. Let's, let, let me just uh, ponder this for one second. Is Google harvesting data to market it? <laughs> huh. <laughs> I think that's their business plan. They say they're not tracking purchases for marketing purposes, but right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heard yeah. that one before. Yeah. Uh, Joe writes in, Jason mentioned that he was disappointed to learn that the Chernobyl drama on Netflix wasn't really fact-centric. He may also want to check out the book Midnight in Chernobyl by Adam Higginbotham. Really Lovely interesting name. Higginbotham. It's very Harry Potter-esque. Really interesting and detailed information about the design of the plant, the cultural, social, and political factors involved, personal stories of the people involved, etc. Thanks for a great, entertaining podcast. Thank you. Added to the list. All right. Brian writes in, just wanted to put in a recommendation for sci-fi book series. I really enjoyed the Odyssey One series by Evan Curie. As with most series, there are better books than others, but overall, I've really enjoyed where the series has gone and enjoyed the writing style. Every so often, I do find some editing fails, but it has not diminished my reading enjoyment. All right. Add that one to the list, too. Yep. We're getting a lot of stuff. And Sarang writes in, this was posted on Reddit Seattle. I thought you guys might enjoy seeing this photo. And it's a jump bike placed on the westbound SR520 bridge in the middle of the water. I almost want to make this my desktop background. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody actually put it on a boat, took it out to the pylon and left it there. Amazing. I want to see the I want to see the guy that has to go out and find it so he can charge it. I bet it'll make a (laughs) mint getting the charge off of that one. And over at iTunes, G.A. Britton writes in, love these guys. And it's a five star, of course. We appreciate that. The grumpiest grumps and I love it. Been listening to these guys for about a year and a half and just now signed up for a Patreon donation. From the ever-changing landscape of tech and accompanying moralism, or lack thereof, the erosion of our ethics, privacy, and such, these guys touch a lot of bases to keep you up to date with our Orwellian world. News, music, books, security, tech toys, all is here. A joy to my short podcast subscription list. From a fellow grump myself, stay grumpy and oh yeah, deliveroo! <laughs> Thank you. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And are we still doing the Overcast thing? Star us there. Yeah, star us over in Overcast. Uh, Joe Rogan has taken the top spot again, but we're still solidly in number two. Woo-hoo. We're number two. We're number two. <laughs> so, thanks, guys. I got a quick shout out for an article by Martin Bryant called I Miss Blind Dumb Enthusiasm for New Tech. This is over at the next web. I would argue that it's not gone. There's a lot of dumb blind optimism for new tech and we're the antidote, damn it. Well, the enthusiasm. We used to have enthusiasm oh, for right. it. It's just like, oh, there's something new coming out. Let's go check it out. Now I'm like, ah, oh, crap, there's something new I got to go do. What the hell? And I just like how he talks about Google Wave and goes back to yo. Remember yo? No, I remember yo. Yeah, we covered that on the show, yo. Uh, <laughs> but it's just it's a nice little short article. Give it a give it a read if you're a grumpy old geek like we are. And a shout out to a uh, friend of the show MXV and myself. We finally have a new episode of Does It Have Legs out? What? I know. I know. I love this, Jason. Just two weeks ago, you were complaining about being exhausted and not having enough time and barely being able to do this or that or the other thing. And here you go doing another podcast. We recorded this <laughs> in like October of 2017 or 2018. Ooh, fresh I can't content. Even remember. 
Well, that's the nice thing about it. the movies are still there. They're still old. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, because uh, the show before this, we did Colors, which came out December 31st, 2017. So we recorded this in October 2018. Then we have the Blues Brothers coming next, which we did like at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. These things have been staring me in the face forever. And I'm like, they're they're good shows. We enjoy doing them. But I just couldn't get around to editing them. And part of my new my new plan is just basically uh, to do list zero. Right. Forget inbox zero. It's to do list zero. I'm trying to whittle down that to do list. So when I go to bed at night, I can sleep and I don't have these things niggling at me all the time. So, I mean, the show's recorded. It's not like we went out and did another show is just putting it together and slapping it up. So Smokey and the Bandit is out now at doesithavelegs.com. Go check it out. Excellent. And just a recommendation to anybody, if you find yourself out in the desert in California near the Palm Springs area, there is a gem out there that I somehow have never heard of my entire life living out here, the Living Desert Zoo and Gardens. Now, obviously, the uh, the San Diego Zoo is the number one zoo in the entire world. I would give this a close second. It is really? lovely. It is fantastic. It's not as big, but uh, it's open. It's beautiful. They have great animals. It's really well done. It's perfect for kids. I had a blast there, and I intend to go there again next time I head out that way. It is it is absolutely wonderful. Highly worth visiting. Excellent. Oh, place. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I I need to go back to the San Diego Zoo for sure. Friend of the show, Robert Fogarty. His uh, wife Stacy works there, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there with her a couple times, and it is uh, also a fantastic zoo. But I the the wild uh, was the wildlife park or whatever the one where where you go and get to drive around with the oh, giraffes yeah. mm-hmm. and all that stuff. The wild yeah. animal park, that's it. I love that place. I've been there a couple times. Highly recommend that too. So cool. I didn't know that that existed. Very Neither nice. did I until this trip, and absolutely phenomenal. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. and I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 348. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. <laughs>